Welcome to the Canine PT Academy Podcast. Business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapists. Introducing your host, Dr. Francisco Maya. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Canine PT Academy Podcast, Business Lessons for Canine Rehab Therapists. All right, guys, today it's going to be a really good podcast. And I say this because I just finished, like, putting together some thoughts into it and I was typing up into my uh, my computer and and I found myself just hitting the, the keyboard really hard I meaning I was just getting so amped up to come and talk to you guys about this and we're going to be talking about the top five reasons why canine rehabilitation therapists stunt their growth okay and this list is going to come from years helping out people but also by just talking with folks meeting with folks teaching the business course at the canine rehab institute and and a lot of times just being very observant of what's going on around us and paying attention to what people are doing and what people are not doing more than anything else and for anyone who has been following or working with me for a while this will hopefully not come as a major surprise necessarily but as i always preach it's always good to listen back to revisit topics even if you have already heard them before if you had heard me say those things before because you likely have changed hopefully you likely have grown and even if you heard me talking about something of this before today it might hit you it might be something that oh i get it now i get what you know what friend is trying to say and sometimes we get it on our heads as well and get in our own way and we need to find a way out of it. And that's the important thing about it too. And it's really funny sometimes how our brain works because I have mentees sometimes telling me that, oh, I love this podcast that you just got it out. I love this topic they were discussing this week's podcast. You know, and 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 I found it fascinating because I spoke to them on coaching calls about those topics before. But for whatever reason listening to it again on the podcast is what resonated with them and that's what i mean by it is that sometimes we just need to hear that from a different perspective we just need to hear that again all of our brains do that including myself we can only retain so much information and sometimes it takes listening to the same thing multiple times for it to finally get to us you know, and, and, and this is something I say not just for today's podcast, but in life in general. For every podcast that I have done that I'm going to be doing, for every coaching program that I have done, I'm going to be doing for every book that you're going to read, for every resource that you're going to try to get information from. Always, always keep that in mind, okay? And I actually shrunk down this list from uh, uh, from 10 to 5 because when I originally created this list I created 10 reasons why can I rehab, rehab therapists stunt the growth and I shared those 10 reasons with my incubator students which are my uh, students that work with me on an ongoing kind of basis and I shrunk this list down to 5 for us to talk about on this podcast okay so the first reason and these are not in a ranking kind of order but the first reason uh, why can I help therapists start the growth is no foot on the gas pedal, meaning there is no marketing and no sales being done in their business. And to be honest, that's basically the reason why I have built my business accelerator program is to help teach those things, which I noted over time were really, really lacking in our fields. Because we all want to be the best clinician that we can be, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But what good does it do to be the best clinician if we can't attract and retain the clients? 
that we want to have in our business. Or most importantly, attracting and retaining the clients who value us for what we do and don't give us hassle and are actually happy to pay for the value that we provided for them. Okay, And I'm not saying that we need to become experts in marketing, experts in sales or anything like that. But we need to first know enough so we can do those things if needed it, rather than just simply abdicating them as, uh, uh, as I have found that's how a lot of business owners get frustrated. So a lot of business owners get frustrated when they uh, abdicate those things, you know, especially when it comes to marketing. They abdicate their marketing strategies rather than delegating. And there's a big difference over there because they get frustrated with, like, let's say, a marketing agency who, A, don't understand what we do as canine rehab therapists, or B, they try to implement strategies that don't fit our business model because we, we, we have failed to have an understanding of what is our business model we have failed to develop the marketing strategy for that business model and then delegating that strategy to this agency. We'd rather just have them do what they are the quote-unquote experts of doing, but they don't understand the field of animal rehab whatsoever. And that's when I have found people get very, very frustrated when they outsource those things, right? And then the default becomes return to the thing that we're good at. So that way we're protecting ourselves from failing. We're protecting ourselves from feeling uncomfortable. And what are we good at? We're good at treating patients. We're good at getting our, uh, our patients better. So we turn into treating more and more patients, which then over time is going to lead to more and more frustration over the years, finding ourselves in a position where we're busy and on paper have a successful business but we lack that feeling of happiness and fulfillment that we once had of working in this field that it's so amazing. It's so amazing the things that we can do for people and their dogs in this field. But then how, we see us, how do we find ourselves in a position where we're just not happy anymore and we're not fulfilled anymore? And a lot of times it's because of that. And the other side of the coin when it comes to no foot on the gas pedal for marketing and sales, it also boils down to finances, of course, and more specifically, the uh, uh, most clinics inability to afford what they need in terms of people and systems to run and implement those strategies, especially when it comes to people, because that's going to be the most expensive part of running a canine rehab business. It's going to be your payroll. It's going to be your people. But you need them. You can't do everything on your own. You need to be able to find the people who want to go along this journey with you. So that way you can focus on the big picture strategies while delegating the tasks to those folks who are going to help implement those things so we can all grow together. Okay, so that was the number one reason. The second one, which it does tie up a little bit to it, actually, to be quite honest, is <clears throat> the business owner, me and you, just being too busy in the treatment room and no one is actively growing the business. And the thing is, you, you're either going to be doing one or the other. And it's going to be very hard for us 
to spend 40 plus hours a week treating patients while still having the mental energy and the mental capacity to strategize the game plan on how we're going to grow the business. And yet, that is what a lot of folks in our field tend to think that they can pull it off. Now, it doesn't mean, please let me be clear, it does not mean that you need to completely remove yourself from seeing patients. But at some point, it does mean cutting a little bit back on those clinical hours to maybe half of your time. So you have enough time on your week, enough time in the month to think and strategize on what is best for you and your business. Keyword, your business. Because this is something that no one else can do for you. You can hire administrative staff. You can hire a practice manager to help implement the strategies that you put in place. But the one thing you can never delegate is your, your thinking. Is your ability to strategize. Okay, where are we going to go with this business? So stopping thinking and strategizing is one of the most important but also hardest habits of a successful business owner. And yet, how many folks in the field of canine rehabilitation can confidently say that they do this on a regular basis? That they do this at the very least every quarter? I would say we need to do it at the very least every month, but at the very least every quarter. And I remember actually, um, this was a Earlier this year, maybe about six, eight months ago or so, there was a poll on a Facebook group for animal rehab therapists where the poll was asking, um, it had like four or five different uh, choices, and it was asking how many hours a month do you work on your business? And I don't remember the percentage, but it was the overwhelming vast majority of the people on that poll, and this This was in a group for business owners in the field of animal rehab, if I remember correctly, this group. But the overwhelming majority of those folks said that they spent 10 or less hours a month working on their business. And let me be honest, guys, spending two to three hours a week strategizing your business, it's not going to lead to growth. It's it's just not going to lead to growth. Now, it could be enough to keep the status quo. It could. I don't even, me personally, I don't even think that's enough to keep the status quo, but it could. But here's the caveat, is that knowing what I know about most business owners in our field, I'm not even convinced that even those two to three hours uh, a week that they're saying that they spend on their business, I'm not even convinced that those hours are actually spent on thinking and strategizing what's going on with their business and where they're headed. Because we know that as business owners, we often think that working on our business means being busy for the sake of being busy. Meaning we think that working on our business means uh, uh, doing the small tasks that are needed to keep the business moving forward, but that honestly, at one point in time, it should be delegated to some of our administrative support staff. Okay? doing daily operational tasks, chasing records, implementing, you know, this strategy, that thing, doing little things that absolutely need to get done. It's not working on the business. They need to get done. They need to get done. 
but that's not working on the business. Working on your business is actually thinking and strategizing what were the lessons learned this quarter? What can we do different? What are we doing that we can make it better? Or what are we doing that we can double down on it because it's working so well? What our numbers look like? Why are we not hitting our target numbers? What can we do different about it? Right? That's working on the business. Thinking about the answers to some of those questions is working on the business. Not just getting things off your checklist. Okay, so that was the second reason on why can I rehab therapists stunt the growth. The third reason comes to no surprise if you have been listening to me. It might just be a surprise if this is the very podcast episode you, you're, 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 you're hearing is undercharging for our services. Okay, and I have done plenty of episodes on that, including the episode from last week, episode number 18, where I walk you through how to determine what you should be charging for your services based on your business and no one else's business, based on your business, your goals and what you need out of it. But everything starts with that. Everything in the business starts with that. So we can't just simply look at what other folks are charging and coming up with a random number or coming up with an average number, right? It ties up a little bit to the no foot on the gas pedal and and a lot of businesses' inability to afford a true marketing strategy, to afford a true sales and nurturing strategy. Let me be honest, guys. Having a front desk person who gets on an intake call for three to four minutes and just spits out you know, what, how long is the wait list to get to see you, when is the next available spot, and how much is going to cost, that's not going to be enough. That's not going to be enough. Not, not if you have aspirations to really, really develop your business into a, a fine-tuned running machine. You need to be able to afford staff members who can actually spend time with people on the phone. And not feel rushed because they're doing so many other things at the same time. But that all costs money. Right? That all costs money. And and that's not even taking into account the excuse that a lot of clinic owners make in our field that we can't pay our staff what they're worth. Especially when it comes to clinical staff. Let's stop with the excuses, guy. I've heard way too many times people saying, oh, we can't pay physical therapists what they earn, you know, as a human PT. Or we can't pay vets this much because X, Y, Z. The reason why you can't do that is probably going to tie up to uh, item number five we're going to talk in a little bit. But the reason why you can't do it is because you undercharge for your services. Plain and simple. And we, so we're going to go back to it a little bit on item five, okay? But let's talk about item four then on the top five reasons why can I rehab therapists stunt their growth. You're going to love this one. Item number four is a lust for fancy equipment. And I'm not going to sit here and hop around the underwater treadmill as uh, I have done before, um, you know, because I do know some of you guys really like yours. And... and you know, I do know it does have its place at points in time. I do think we use a, a too much as a crutch 
in our field, to be quite honest. But I'm not going to sit and harper on that. But the one thing I encourage everyone who is thinking about getting one is to do a cost-benefit analysis. Because I have talked to more than a handful of clinic owners who found themselves having to pay back this 60, 70, 80,000 plus business loan just to get an underwater treadmill installed, not even talking about the cost of maintenance and this and that. And more often than not, they tell me if they could go back, they probably wouldn't have gotten it. They probably wouldn't. Okay? But, like I said, at the very least, the underwater treadmill can be useful. And it, 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 if it works for your model, it can be something that is profitable. But what really, really irks me when we're talking about fancy equipment is actually spending money on gadgets that really don't add anything to our business. And I'll argue even to our patient care. And the biggest example I can give about that is the digital thermal imaging. And I remember a good like five to seven, eight or so years ago when those really started to become popular. That was the new thing. And lots of folks were spending twenty to $30,000 on one of those units. And I remember back in 2016 or 15, I attended a, um, a two-day conference on animal rehabilitation. And one of the main sponsors was just pushing those units so hard, so hard for people to buy. And it was interesting then through the last five years, I have noticed little by little, a lot of those units popping up on different forums, people selling, you know, because they're like, we're not using it. We're not using it. And I have heard recently that even one of those uh, big major medical device companies in our field of animal rehab has actually stopped producing and selling the digital thermal units when not that long ago they were pushing those really hard and that should tell you guys everything you need to know <laughs> about why that kind of stuff is just not needed it doesn't add anything to the patient care and here's the thing there will always be new gadgets popping up in our field so that's just one example but as our field grows as our field grows, more and more companies are going to see the opportunities for them to make money out of it. And as new gadgets pop up, before you have a new shiny object syndrome, please ask yourself if that would really be beneficial to your business. Would it help your patients beyond what you can already help them with what you have today? Would it make sense from a financial perspective to add that gadget to your business. And all I can say is run your numbers on it rather than relying on a projection number from their salesperson who is, let's be honest, likely getting paid on commission to sell more units. And the main argument people have with me about the digital thermal imaging through the years was that they would say, oh, but it's a great marketing and sales tool because I can show to the pet owner you know, how things look like in a before and after shot basically and my argument was always like that's great but why would you spend 20 25 30 thousand dollars on that when you can literally spend a fraction of that cost in a program like my business accelerator program but there are other things out there other resources out there but that will cost you 
a fraction of that cost and will actually give you the tools to be able to do that and much more in terms of marketing and sales for a much lower cost. And that can be a book, that can be a program, that can be whatever. It's gonna cost you less than what that unit cost. Right, it's that old saying that if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, but if you teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Let's learn how to fish. Let's learn how to fish. Okay, and we can look at other gadgets basically, in my opinion, with the same criticism. Stance analyzers, gate mats, all that kind of stuff. Those are neat gadgets and they have their place if you're doing research or something like that. If you need very concrete data and numbers. But does it add to your clinic bottom line at the end of the day? Or could you be just as successful without them? Right? So let's keep those things in mind. And then finally, let's talk about the last reason why can I rehab therapist stunts the growth, which is an unprofitable model, an unprofitable business model. So we have to start asking our, ourselves, how can we extend the lifetime value of a client? How can we charge accordingly? Have you ran the numbers to know if your business works on paper? Because guess what, guys? If it doesn't work on paper, then it's not going to work in real life. The only shot we have for our business to work in real life is if it works on paper first. And even if it works on paper, we still got to go out in real life and implement the things that are going to make it work. But at least we have a shot. At least we have a blueprint. At least we have a pathway on how we're going to achieve that. Okay, and this is a true story, but I won't share any names or location because I honestly don't know many of the details because I, I wasn't involved with that. But I recently found out that a beautiful, beautiful, huge, uh, I think it was like five or 6,000 square feet facility, state-of-the-art, brand-new, standalone animal rehab facility, just closed a couple months ago after opening their doors just 12 months prior to that. Just 12 months prior to that, they closed their business. And this clinic was in a fairly affluent city in the United States, so it shouldn't be due to a lack of potential customers or anything like that. And like I said, state-of-the-art facility. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful design. Uh, all the bells and whistles that money can buy. And yet, 12 months later, they closed their doors despite the fact that a lot of clinics, not just in the United States, but I know worldwide, have a wait list of at least a few weeks to get new patients through the door. So as a business owner, I st and, 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 and the way my brain works, not just as a business owner, but someone who is, tries to be very uh, uh, analytical about things in life, I look at the scenarios and I'm like, how is that even possible? But unfortunately without even knowing the ins and outs of that particular situation, I, I can take a very, very good guess, have a good idea on how and why that happened. And it's because the plan never worked on paper. 
and they focused on building this huge, beautiful, state-of-the-art facility, having all the fancy equipment and gadgets from the get-go, rather than potentially starting small on something that worked on paper, and then figured out a game plan, figuring out a blueprint on how they could get in the next three to five years or whatever to this state-of-the-art facility that they envision. But they chose to already start from the end rather than start from the beginning. Does that make sense? Hopefully it does. And I'll be super honest and blunt here because that's who I am. And this is not to scare anyone, but to be straightforward. That the days of anyone opening a canine rehab clinic and getting it busy without a marketing and a financial plan on how that will happen, those days are gone. That was the case 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago for sure. That was the case. But the landscape in our field has drastically changed over that period of time. I talked this, I think it was one of the very, very first episodes on the future of marketing in canine rehabilitation. I talked about that. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and give it a listen. But it has changed over that period of time. And that's not a bad thing at all. It's not a bad thing at all. Because it is pushing our fields to innovate. And those who do so are going to thrive. Because there's so many opportunities in our field as it grows more and more and more. But those who fail to innovate are going to struggle. And like I said, I don't say this to scare anyone, but hopefully as a warning for those who are maybe getting their business started so they can create a plan on how they're going to grow, how they're going to get customers, how much they're going to charge, how that's going to all work. We need to have a plan. But also, to those clinic owners who have been around for a while and have built something great. This is a word of caution to you guys as well. Complacency as a business owner will be the enemy of progress. And the minute you get complacent with the success you have already achieved will be the minute that your business will start to stall. Let me say that again. The minute you get complacent with the success you have already achieved will be the minute that your business will start to stall. And for those who are uh, um, worrying potentially about a recession, economic downturn, please go back and listen to episode number nine of our podcast where I discuss the five pillars for recession proving your canine rehab business. Because I bet it's going to be very helpful to you to understand, not just from a perspective of how to make through potentially tough economic times, but how to build a model that can be profitable and sustainable in the, in the field of animal rehabilitation. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Canine PT Academy podcast business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapists. If you enjoyed what we had to say, please make sure to share or subscribe to our podcast or even leave us a review. You can also email us at hello at caninepttacademy.com. That's hello at caninepttacademy.com with any questions or suggestions. 
and go to kniptacademy.com to find more resources and contents, including our fee calculator spreadsheets, which is absolutely free and will help you determine how much you should be charging for your sessions. Because let's face it, determining what we should be charging is one of the biggest struggles we have as business owners in the canine rehabilitation field. You can also find all of that information and more under the show notes. Finally, I would just like to add a disclaimer that any of my thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are mine and mine alone, and in no way reflect the opinion or position of any other organization or company I may be associated with. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you're not having fun and enjoying life or running your business, then what's the point in doing so? So please go ahead and start having some fun.